Boom! Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right hand side is my right hand man, Gabriel. We got the war elephant to the lines. You got the war elephant between the lines, baby. And today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have the final clause of Tacitus. We've got a new album called Antiquity. Plus a new single we're going to chat about as well. And right now being joined by Tom. And Tom's going to share some more information about what this war elephant is doing between the lines in a period of antiquity. And obviously they had blood after this. So they gave them some blood remixed, of course. So we're going to go ahead and chat about what the boys have been up to. Tom, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Absolutely great to have you boys on. I really dig the stuff. The first... I don't know if you guys get this a lot, and not to say that you guys don't sound unique, but uh, uh, maybe an influence popped into my head when I heard the tracks. Two influences, actually. One, musically, would be Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, number, yeah. <laughs> and then number two, it seems like Queensryche, Operation Mindcrime, some kind of elaborate story of a, of a protagonist being sucked into a system and having to do things he doesn't maybe want to do. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, you've got the first one pretty much on the head. I'm a, I'm a fan of Rage. I like the groove. Um, it's always funny. Everyone always seems to get the, they always like the Rage influence. And then their second influence always seems to, it's always different from person to person. So, uh, it's interesting. (laughs) Beautiful. Now, something that I, I think that I, uh, may or may not have exposed, you can, you can remedy my ignorance here. Um, but especially with regard to the storylines that follow on the YouTube videos for each of the tracks on Antiquity, is this a story? Do we have a protagonist? What's going on? Uh, what's going on is a big question, I guess. Uh, the whole album was kind of penned a little bit mainly by Matt, our, our vocalist. Uh, he he is he went through a, a lot of um, stuff. Uh, last year and year before um and the whole album is basically him just putting his wearing his heart on his sleeve but maybe not as obviously as people might expect but uh it's shown through through the protagonist uh of the story uh oh what's his name now God, I can't remember. let's call him jimmy i'll just call him jimmy for the time being and it follows his uh, his descent into madness from the death of his father uh, which is sort of a direct link to the problems that uh, Matt had. Uh, but, yeah, just the the mental decline. But also we just thought we like zombies and action, so we thought we'd put in an element of the apocalypse, zombie apocalypse in as well, because everyone likes a British zombie apocalypse romp. I, I've never heard of one. Is there one that maybe I should have heard of before? No, we we were we are pioneers in that genre, uh, but everyone's liked it so far. So I'm just going to go along with the assumption that everyone would like a good old fashioned British zombie romp. Well, that sounds like a slice of fried gold if I've ever heard. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Now, I guess my first question then, and obviously Matt was okay with it. Um, but it seems like something that is very personal uh, to Matt. He's already putting his heart on his sleeve. He's already a singer. You know, all the things that go in line with um, vulnerability. Yeah. I actually, actually had this chat recently with uh, somebody about uh, singers are vulnerable because if my guitar is out of tune, I just tune it. Or if it needs new strings, I just put new strings on it. But if it's my voice, I actually have to do a considerable amount of work. So it's a very vulnerable thing. 
Um, so he's got his voice. He's voicing his his life. He was okay with turning it into a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, it was his idea. Uh, <laughs> I mean, certainly that he deals with his. He, like a lot, I think a lot of us do. Uh, a lot of musicians do. We deal with our real life problems through our music, uh, but we're quite aware we're not a serious. Uh, well, we, I mean, we, yeah, we're not serious in the sense that we'll take our ourselves and our our music too seriously. And we don't. We want people to have fun. So while they've got this heavy-handed undertones to it, we kind of just wanted to color over it with just a good bit of fun because we we like fun. Music should be fun. It shouldn't just be all doom and gloom. <laughs> I don't know, Tom. <clears throat> all the years I've known you, Tom, I've never heard you accused of being a uh, being fun. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, no, you uh, you are quite right. <laughs> well, beautiful. Now. I guess with regard to these two tracks that we're chatting about today, War Elephant and Between the Lines specifically, uh, yeah. that were, I believe, that were chosen for the interviewer. That's what Emma was uh, uh, pushing. There's a video for every single song. So I guess my question is why these two tracks to chat about today? So, I mean, War Elephant, I think, culminated. What is War Elephant is towards the end of the album, so it is the it's almost the culmination of the story uh, that we portrayed uh, as a ten chapter story. So ten songs, ten episodes. Uh, so it's it's right at the very end, and it's the culmination of it. But also it's the culmination of uh, Matt's Matt's journey. Uh, so it was important to him uh, musically. It it just kind of works nicely. It's just got a nice slow groove to it. It's an easy song to listen to. Um, so it kind of fit in all all respects, uh, and in between the lines, I think we chose more for the music musicality of it, just to push forwards. Seems like it was it's it's catchier. It's uh, not as heavy as the rest of the stuff in the album. So it showed a, a different side of us. Really, um, there wasn't so much uh, an element of the storyline for why we chose in between the lines. At least not that I know of. Okay. Now, I guess <laughs> something you mentioned there was war elephants toward you know the end of end of the story, and I, I kind of find it interesting you guys picked a, a war elephant of all things, but it's quite the the imagery there, especially going mm. into the hist- historical context of uh, you know war elephants and whatnot. But I guess my first question then is, if you don't mind taking us through the arc of the story, how does the story unfold? And then I guess one of my other questions is kind of going back to. Well, why a war elephant? That's so specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'll take you through the story, and hopefully I'll come to the realization of why a war, war elephant when I come to describe it to you. The idea, <laughs> the, the idea is that the whole story starts when our protagonist, uh, he's at the funeral of his, his father, and it, things just start to go wrong, essentially. He, he goes through a bit of a mental breakdown, uh, he he chases after this idea of a father of this of a key, in fact, um, of this information, this this lost information, the, the life he could never have. And he tries to find this this key. Uh, as it turns out, it's actually a key. He finds himself in a situation where his father uh, was actually some sort of scientist uh, trying to. Essentially, his essentially bring back his son and bring back his um, his son's life who died when he was younger, and he's gone through this whole cloning thing, 
we find out our protagonist is in fact a clone of this of his father um, for his father's loss of his son uh, and by the end of it the son just wants to be free of everything he just he doesn't want to be weighed down by his past by what he was supposed to be who he was supposed to be he just wanted to be free uh, and I guess we I just I guess we just thought a war elephant was cool and showed the showed the sort of showed the iconography of such a of such a, a freedom uh, in in the realm of antiquity. This is true. I don't think battle elephants are used anymore. Not commonly, no. No, I've not seen one for a while, admittedly. Yeah. I'd throw one out there just to, just to have the same effect they did back in the back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I would say it was a mistake to stop using them. To be honest, they are. I think they'd be quite a deterrent. Over mm -hmm. in England, we have over we have uh, mounted mounted police patrolling uh, parks and things. And I think if they were on an elephant, nobody would do anything wrong. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. <laughs> Beautiful. Bring back, bring back the war elephants. I say. That's right. Provided that it was kind enough to the elephants, we have to be uh, have to be animal friendly, don't we? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of arguments with regard to horses. If we're even friendly to the horses, yeah, uh, <laughs> that are being used <laughs> now. Um, they're still coming from Canada. That's that's what we call mounties, mounted on horse. Oh yes, yeah. Your accent is most definitely Canadian. Oh, I thank Although you. I my my i must admit my only uh real interaction with canada is the tv series due south uh so uh no that's it that's my only real uh that's my only real connection to canada is watching due south as i grew up okay but those uh, mounties were fantastic you... better with elephants though uh, absolutely better with elephants now i'm really curious about the this video series um take mm. us through I guess maybe the production behind it or who did it or how you guys ended up releasing it. It looks like maybe a month apart. Uh, sure. Very interesting for people to check out your YouTube page and, and see, uh, you know, what you've got going on with the, the video series because it doesn't happen very often to be orchestrated in such a way. Yeah, sure. Uh, we, we know a local animator and we like keeping things local. We've got, we've got quite a nice little uh, local community, music community and local fan base. And, as well, you know, the music industry doesn't really have any definition anymore. No one really knows where it's going quite yet uh, or where it's going to stop with, uh, with the whole idea of streaming. It's, it's all a bit new. So we kind of thought, let's just do something that we thought would be great. So we, know that we knew this local animator. Uh, he's a friend of ours, actually. Um, so we got together with him and decided on this whole, this whole project, a joint project. Uh, yeah, lo local to our town, and it kind of just, yeah, it just kind of grew from there, really, into what it is—the the British apocalyptic zombie romp that it is. Mm -hmm. Very interesting animation. Funny you should say the um, you mentioned you quoted uh, oh, Monty Python, and I just I I feel his animation is synonymous to uh, Monty Python animation. It's got that kind of uh, cutout feel to it yeah yeah and I, I suppose at that time they were pioneers of that kind of 
animation, which is usually resultant of not having enough budget. <laughs> yes, quite right. <laughs> budget is obviously a big part of it, isn't it? <laughs> certainly is. Uh, but no, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head on that one is the music industry is in a place where as a band, you can do whatever you want with it. And you're in control of that. And I think it's really cool to watch you guys make use of something such as YouTube uh, as a platform to connect with with fans and whatnot, because uh, let's face it, I can't really interact with you on on social media. I can't hear your music. I can kind of watch your videos and things on some platforms, but mm. really Spotify is going to be where I'm going to connect with you or Apple Music or YouTube in this particular case. So yeah. uh, I think flooding it with relevant content and not just a badly filmed uh, rehearsal is uh, <laughs> a good way to go. Yeah, we got lots of those badly badly recorded rehearsals that we have never released uh, just for our own sakes. But yeah, <laughs> we thought we'd save everybody the uh, the trauma of having to watch those. Mm -hmm. Now, something that happened uh, quite recently, and this kind of edges into our next conversation, which I'll open with. So since this album, Antiquity, was released, uh, like kind of like end of 2019, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you guys probably had th this parchment paper that went on past your knees all under the floor as far as your plans for making 2020 the best year ever. Yeah, I, we, so we we like to start each year with a general yearly plan um, that, as you have are insinuating, got quickly burnt, thrown to the thrown to the floor, stamped upon, and uh, we had to kind of think on our feet somewhat. But then, so did everybody else, I guess. Everyone's in the same, everyone's suffering in some way, aren't they? Yeah. So where I wanted to to head with that question was. What was it that you guys now or were able to do with what we'll call some more free time? Mm. Well, we have, I mean, well, I have, uh, I've been looking at some of the older tracks and been doing a few remixes of them. We've changed our sound from the very first release. Um, our first release did, well, I mean, it did really well. It got, it got our, got us in Kerrang and all sorts of uh, national media and things, but uh, we've changed our sound somewhat, just tried to make it a bit bigger. And so I thought I'd, I thought I'd have a little try at going back to the original songs and doing a little remix of them. Uh, so we'll be releasing those. But really, our time has been spent trying to write new music, but remotely, uh, not together, which is difficult. We'd like to write together in the same room, play it all out. But we've been trying to essentially get this the next album written with our new time remotely, okay. which is difficult. It's different, but I mean, I think different is good, isn't it, really? I mean, you can sometimes come across things that you wouldn't normally come across when you're doing something you're not really expecting to. Maybe. It kind of depends. I mean, if you really don't like it, you really don't like it. Uh -huh. True. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's worked in our favor so okay. far. I think we've got some nice ideas coming forward, uh, actually. So, uh, And now, we, now it's... Coming to a point where we can get together again, it'll hopefully evolve into uh, into something special. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Watch the space. That's what they say, isn't it? It, it is what they say. <laughs> uh, so going back to something you had mentioned originally, we'll just take it all down because I've been studious and I've been taking notes on what you've been saying, Tom. Uh, like that you enjoy a white wine. Is it crisp? Is it a, like with Pinot? 
Yeah, it's crisp. Actually, it is Pinot. I don't often drink it, but uh, I decided we had some, uh, I made some nice Italian food last night and decided a Pinot would go well with it. So yeah, I like my white wine. All right, perfect. Learning more about Tom every day. <laughs> now, the give John, the, the John and Tom show. The John and Tom show. Yeah. Give them. I was going to say, Gabriel, do you like white wine? Or are you a bit too young for that? Do you like white wine, son? Haven't even tried one. Yeah, no, he's too. No, fair enough. You're a sensible man. Exactly. Uh, he's too young by our cultural standards over here. <laughs> Remember, yeah, North America I'm, is where all the European uh, uh, sex odyssey people came over, or the the the, prude, the prudes. What was that thing in Euro Trip? All the they came over to, to North America because they were tired of all the steamy, hot, kinky European sex that was going on. So they came over to North America to to be prudish. Yeah, that was only the people who didn't come from the UK, I think, though, wasn't it? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, perfect. Now, give them blood. Is this one of the remixes that you were chatting about? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay, take us oh, through the yeah, Do you want me to? I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, we I think Give Them Blood, uh, we collaborated with one of our uh, friends we have over here, uh, called Ryan and we we did a couple of uh, remixes with him on it uh, and yeah he, start, he 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 asked what he could do with it and we just said anything whatever the hell you want you just go right ahead because I feel you can get you can get a good couple of mixes out of a good song like I don't think a song should just be set in stone this is it, this is what it is, and this is what it always will be. I think as soon as you get somebody else to have a look at the same song, they'll see it in a completely different view, uh, different frame of mind, and they'll just go, yeah, I, I want to do this with it. I want to turn it into a bit of a drum and bass track. I want to I want to turn it into a clubby style song. I want to I want to make it heavier. I want to do anything. So, um, yeah, he, he just kind of did what he did and it sounded cool. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And then something else that I saw on the YouTube channel during this time is it appears that there are some, unless I'm making it up, I could be making it up. Uh, <laughs> there were some some lockdown videos. For some reason, I thought I saw them, and maybe I'm not seeing them now, and I feel truly embarrassed. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, John. I don't often post things myself on to the Facebook things. I'm not very good at the old social media. Uh, that is Matt, the vocalist. That's his domain. So if he did, we did. We have done a few videos um, in lockdown. Whether he posted them and has taken them down, or whether he has posted them and you can't find them, or whether he just didn't post them at all, I honestly couldn't tell you. But I feel honesty, honesty is a good policy. It sure is, baby, and I love what you <laughs> did there. Um, but now that I'm investigating a little bit closer, it's on the YouTube page, and one of the first things from five months ago, so at about the beginning of this whole thing-ish, uh, there's some live clips, so that kind of sounds like uh, something to keep the fans. Uh, you know, we we do play live. This is us playing live. Uh, then there's a COVID-19 couch version of post-apocalyptic mind. It's acoustic. Oh uh, yes, I remember doing that now. Yeah. And then uh, an Adele remix of Hometown Lockdown. So that's that's where I saw that stuff, and yeah. so I just kind of wanted wanted to touch on. Well, what are you guys doing maybe for the fans since you can't play uh, live? Um, well, that was probably the extent. As I say, we want to release these remixes um, just to keep a little bit of interest going. Um, 
reimagine a few of the songs. It's been hard though because while a lot of people, a lot of musicians can do just a home live recording, um, they'll just be able to do an acoustic thing. We all do our own instruments and while I'll do backing vocals, my job is guitar and Matt's job is vocals. So trying to put these things together remotely uh, to make it sound live and to make it live is really difficult and requires a lot of technology we probably don't have. So we've been just trying. We've been just trying to. We've been trying to do what we can. Matt's thankfully he's got himself his the little home studio sorted out now. Um, and so along with my one, we can we're, we're starting to put some bits and pieces together. Uh, but yeah, it's it it COVID has shown some real challenges in trying to keep people engaged. Um, yeah, we can't just do a, a live a live stream because it you can't sync up with other people on another rooms because you've got uh, you've got a, like a second lag or half a second lag you can't play music to that so it's just been trying to post and trying to keep our heads above the water somewhat yeah yeah now something else you had mentioned uh towards the end uh before was how difficult it is to remotely write a new album so i wanted to just touch on uh this new album how it's coming mm-hmm. along and ostensibly what should we expect from the album yeah, so it has. It's got a real different feel so far, and I'm always I I love it when a band will just they won't just stick to the same old formula. Uh, I mean, you know, you you got ACDC, and I mean they're great, aren't they? They just they do ACDC really well. But I like it when a band will just shift ever so slightly, left or right, from their main core sound, so that you can just get little different different flavors from what they from what they give. So. The last album, we had uh, a little bit more, I, th- I guess, more dynamic range. We we in- we investigated our dynamic range a lot more. Uh, we had quiet, quiet bits, loud, loud bits, and anywhere in between. Uh, this new album, I think we're we're looking a little bit more to investigate our sort of our our funky side. I think really, and and our broken down. Uh, broken down beats and um, sort of much simpler rolling along with a drum beat and a, and a bass loop uh, that Andy would provide and would, would go through that and would try to create, I think, a lot simpler musical musical songs but that, that people can just grab hold of a little bit more easily. Okay. Very, very cool stuff. Well, Tom, that concludes all my questions. Is there anything that you wanted to chat about that I did not bring up? Um... Oh, this, this, you know, this is one of those times where you go to an interview and you totally forget to write your own questions down on a piece of paper and say, have you got any questions for us? And you go, uh, no. Um, but really, when you think about it, like uh, after you leave, you go, actually, my answer should have been yes. And I've lost the opportunity now. I think the only thing really is just to, is just to point out to people that they should look they should look us up on YouTube and check out our videos uh, it's it's nothing you would ever have seen before or heard before, and do that on YouTube and check in on us and spread okay. the word. It's difficult being in a band. You can do as much good music as you like, and then people go, "Oh yeah, I really like that." And you go, "Well, did you tell anybody else about it?" They go, "No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't tell anybody because you, no one's heard of you yet." And you just oh, you bash your head against the wall. 
So no questions for you, just a little rant. I hope that's okay. It was lovely. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, Good. it reminds yeah, it reminds me. I just recently had a uh, an interview for a promotion at where I work. So I'd, I already worked there. They had an opening. I interviewed for said opening. And one of the things that struck me before, because I had a few days to prepare for the interview, was how many times did they ask me, do you have any questions for us? And I go, uh, no. <laughs> so I decided to prepare some questions, and I had three to five questions ready in case they didn't answer them. And when they posed that question to me, they were surprised and shocked and didn't know what to do because somebody actually <laughs> said, yes, yes, actually. And I started oh, hammering questions at them, and they were like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's, well, good. Shove it back in their faces. No one likes being on the receiving side of an interview. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, John. Thank you. And Gabriel, thank you very much for helping out. You are welcome, Tom. I like your music. Oh, well, good. Keep on listening. <laughs> well, I don't listen. Well, I don't listen to your music very often in the band, but it's very good. Oh well, that's all right. I only need the. I only need to. You just stroke my ego, and that's all I need to be happy. So thank you, Gabriel. 